Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Hello, Peter. How are you? I'm fine, Eric. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. It is a new year. We are speaking in 2021, which is very exciting. I'm, yeah. I'm liking this. Yeah. I'm hoping for uh, a great 2021. Yeah, absolutely. And you sent me some notes ahead of time. I, I love this. You're actually going to be talking about an income machine today. And I, I just have a couple of questions. Number one, I, I want to let you know, I really want one. I'd really like an income machine. I don't know if it'll fit in my basement or where I could put it, but I, I would like one. And I have a question. Can I get one with a hundred year warranty? Like a really good warranty. That may be a little bit difficult, but we can we can try. We can look for one. Yeah. Great questions. So what I thought we'd talk about today is really an aspect of, of, of planning that is really, we're really talking about someone as an income machine. Mm-hmm. Many of our clients, we're talking about what happens if that income machine stops working for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. This is really... It's a, it's a vital part of, of financial planning. Mm-hmm. So, so, but first, let, let's review a, a bias that we all are susceptible to, and that, that's called optimism bias. For the, for the most part, humans, we're optimistic by nature. Most mm-hmm. of us experience this optimism bias, which is essentially a, a mistaken belief that our chances of experiencing negative events are lower and our, our, our chances of experiencing positive events are higher than those of our peers. So it's this inherent feeling that things are gonna work out okay. Unfortunately, optimism bias can lead to poor decision-making, like, like not preparing for a hurricane, mm. or not wearing a seatbelt, or, or not wearing a face mask. Mm-hmm. So we just, we just don't, often want to think about the consequences of doing these things. And I think that explains why so many have discounted the effects and the risks of of COVID-19. We do this on a regular basis. It's not just what's happened over the last 10 10 months. It, mm-hmm. It's part of human nature. And and with that in mind, I thought we, we could have an important discussion about a, a real real important risk that that all people have that that rely on their ability to work and to earn an income. All right, so the income machine you're talking about is not something I can get from Amazon. It's it's no. something that's standing right in front of me, or it is me. <laughs> so It is you, you yeah. are it. Uh, you I'm are it. the income machine. Yeah, I, I think my wife would like a 100-year warranty on this income machine, but I don't want to work for 100 years. Are we talking about disability then? Yeah, we, we are. Okay. Uh, every optimist's uh, favorite subject, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Financial planners and insurance companies talk about statistics all, all day long. I've heard thousands of statistics about uh, becoming disabled. And I'm a numbers person, so I find them pretty compelling. But frankly, most of the people that I talk to really don't want to hear about statistics and probabilities. Mm-hmm. What I want to focus on today is just focusing on the consequences of not addressing this real risk. 
for our listeners, I mean, you and I have spoken about this before, and, and maybe there's some folks that are joining us uh, for the first time, or this is, you know, they've only listened to a couple podcasts. I think it would be helpful if you define what you mean by disability. Yeah, good, good point. So what, what I'm talking about, when, when I'm talking about disability from a, a financial planning perspective, I'm talking about a, a medical condition that affects your ability to work and earn an income that's 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 similar to your to to the work and the income that you had prior to the disability. Hmm. So it, it could be a disability caused by a serious accident, but frankly, it's more likely going to be an unexpected medical condition. And unfortunately, that's the case, that, 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 that sickness is more prevalent than a serious accident. Mm -hmm. All right, Peter, here's the thing. <laughs> I know I suffer from optimism bias. I, I would say that I didn't think I was going to get old, right? I mean, I, a lot of us feel that way. Oh, you know, I'm not going to, I've got years before I have to think about that. I think I was 43 when my back was hurting and the doctor told me, oh, you got some arthritis down there. I'm like, what the? That's old people stuff. <laughs> like for, <laughs> 43 arthritis is like the killer word for me, but I'm still an optimist. My glass is always half full. I'm, I'm successful and not trying to pat myself on the back. I don't want to pull my arm because <laughs> that could happen at my age now if I try to pat myself <laughs> on the back, but I work really hard. I'm strong. I'm rarely sick and I'm stubborn. You know, I, I can't imagine not working. I mean, that's, is that a lot of people or is it just me? Oh, I think that's, that's most of us. It's natural. It really is. You know, I think you're right on all fronts. It, it, it's really hard imagining something you've never experienced. So most of us, especially when we're on the younger side of life, you know, in our 20s, 30s, and, and 40s, just don't see that much sickness. We just mm -hmm. don't see the accidents that, that occur because we don't want to, but, but most of us just aren't seeing it. It's not there in our lives. Maybe they see grandparents that have gotten sick, maybe a friend of a friend. We live such busy and frankly, you know, isolating lives. We, we live in these little bubbles. The people we see day to day are those that are also busy and active and mm -hmm. healthy. Uh, we just don't necessarily see those that aren't able to work due to a disability. And, and I think it's really important it's really a matter of perspective and observation. I think what we need to do is think about our different communities that we're part of. If you if you really tend spend time thinking about the people you know, you know, from church, from synagogue, from school communities, from your neighborhood, workplace, or or, or extended families. I imagine you'll you'll realize that there are people that that you know that have been disabled, hmm. and, and maybe that's for a variety of reasons. But I I think I think they're there, and I think if you're thoughtful, you can really see who they are. And, and and one more thing to consider is that a serious accident or sickness is is just beyond your control. Mm -hmm. No matter how strong you are, a sickness or an accident it can take you down. You, you may become a different person with different abilities post illness or accident, you know, that you, you never imagined. And if you've seen someone with a serious illness like, like cancer or a stroke or something that's chronic, like a debilitating back injury or, mm -hmm. or, 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 or a disease like multiple sclerosis or Parkinson's, their abilities to do what they did before that illness are just, they're just affected. And no matter how much you know you imagine you resemble Superman or Wonder mm. Woman, 
your world will be different if if those events happen. Yeah. And I don't want to make you or, or or our listeners into glass half empty kind of people. <laughs> you, know, you know, pessimists aren't any fun to be with. Just from a planning perspective, I th I think it's vital to think about contingency planning if something does happen. Plan for the worse and think about the consequences. All right. So now you've got me thinking about it. There's a chance that it could happen to me. What should I do about it? Well, I, I think, uh, and, and behavioral behavioral finance people have, 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 have looked at this, and I think visualization as an exercise is really helpful. Hmm. So thinking about yourself in the future is a helpful exercise. So let's not think about the condition that causes this inability to work. Let's just focus on the financial situation. It sounds corny, but, but if you close your eyes, think about your earned income just stopping. That money machine just isn't working any longer. And you don't know when it's going to turn back on. And maybe it's, it never will. So now you're having a discussion with your spouse or your kids or your parents. And what's that conversation like? You know, how much cash in the bank do you have? When will you need to make changes to your lifestyle? What about summer camp for kids or, or college savings or, or the gifts that you, you want to make? Uh, how, how long can you pay the mortgage or car payments or insurance? W will you need to take money out of your retirement plans? Will you, will you need to pay taxes on those distributions? So are, are, are you, and you and your loved ones okay for two months, three months, five, six months? Hmm. And, and what, what happens if you never work again? If you're, you know, if you're just a year or two away from retirement, maybe you've had the opportunity to save enough and you've finished paying tuitions and the mortgage is, is paid off or almost is paid off. But that, then maybe you're okay. But what if you're in the thick of it? College hmm. tuitions are right there. You got a big mortgage. Maybe your kids are needy uh, for whatever reason. And, and your, goal, your goal is to start saving for retirement right after you finish paying for all those colleges, but you just haven't gotten around to it. Now, what's the conversation like with your loved ones? <laughs> you know, how, mm -hmm. how does your situation affect those around you, your, your spouse, your kids, your parents, your siblings, that visualization exercise takes you down a different path. I think it makes you really think about the consequences of something happening. Yeah. And, and on previous podcasts, you've spoken about comprehensive financial planning uh, and, and the work that you do with clients. Now, wouldn't a plan map this out? you know, something like this happening and show exactly how a shutdown or significant reduction in earned income will affect your personal financial objectives or, or you know, that of your client? Yeah, absolutely, Eric. And the models that we run, the, the, the financial analysis, they clearly show how financially resilient a family is without any earned income. It's, it's really becomes very clear. And so modeling takes the guesswork out of this conversation. You may have existing resources like savings and investments, and you may have family that can help and maybe a spouse with significant income. Moreover, you may have disability income insurance available that, that's through your employer 
or maybe you've purchased a policy in the past. And the planning process takes a look at all of these resources and helps you assess how, how a, a sickness or an accident would affect you. Yeah. So what are the things that you really need to consider when you're doing the modeling? You called it modeling, and I love that word. What, what are the things you have to consider? Yeah, well, we're projecting into the future based mm -hmm. on assumptions that we have. So we have now have to turn off the income assumption, and we want to take a look at your financial situation right this very moment. So we start with cash. You know, how much is available immediately to pay your ongoing expenses? You know, we're always recommending that people have three to six months of, 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 of living expenses just in the bank. And one of the reasons is because of disability, the potential for disability. We then look at non-retirement investment accounts. And if something happens, do your investments need to be reallocated? Since maybe, maybe your objectives are going to change. Maybe you start needing current income where, where before you, you were looking for long-term growth. Will there be a tax cost if you need to sell any stocks or other assets? Will you need to take withdrawals from retirement accounts? And what's the tax cost of that? How will these withdrawals affect your long-term retirement plan? So those are some of the things that we're, we're looking at. Mm -hmm. uh, then we then take a look at, 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 your, at your social security. How, will that be affected? Should we assume you'll qualify for social security disability income or SSDI? And the answer is, well, we, we might, but frankly, it's really hard to qualify for social security disability income. You have to be totally and permanently disabled. And, and beyond that, your monthly benefits are just limited. They're, they're, it's not that rich, although it's an important benefit, it's not something you can necessarily rely on. Mm -hmm. And then we, we ask the questions, you know, what, what are the benefits of your existing disability policies. And this is another advantage of, of doing comprehensive planning. We're getting everything on, on the table. We're looking at it all. Are your benefits that you're, you're getting through your employer good and reasonable? And how, how does that affect your overall planning? Many employers offer short-term disability benefits, which, which pays a uh, typically a small benefit, a, a weekly benefit for three to six months. And that might be capped at, you know, $500 or $1,000 per week. And when that runs its course, your, your company may offer long-term uh, disability group insurance, mm -hmm. and maybe that'll kick in. And, and then we need to look at that group disability policy. You know, what, what are the benefits? Oftentimes they pay 60% of salary. But, but bonus income may not be included. And that's an important calculation. So just as an example, if you typically receive a, a bonus, an annual bonus, and your salary is, let's say, $100,000, and your typical bonus is $25,000 per year, so if the plan that you have provides a benefit of 60% of salary, that's an annual benefit of $60,000 per year. Mm -hmm. But but that only replaces forty eight percent of one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars of yeah. expected compensation. You just need to understand what the cash flow will be if there's a disability, 
And then I, I will say this, that most disability income plans are taxable income. If your effective federal and state tax rate is 20%, then your net after tax income now is only $48,000 per year. And, and the question is, is that enough replacement income to cover your expenses, like your mortgage, like your your auto payments, mm -hmm. your utilities, your maintenance, you know, childcare, or tuition or groceries. We want to map it out. We want to look at the at the caps. Most disability plans have a monthly cap, meaning meaning they don't pay more than three thousand or five thousand or seventy five hundred dollars per month. Um, very rich plans might pay, pay ten or fifteen thousand dollars per month, but but not all do. Other other disability plans offer have other limits. As just an example, uh, mental health claims are limited, oftentimes to two years. Huh. Depression, anxiety, those can affect uh, employment. Those claims are only limited to two, uh, are only paid usually for two years. And then an, another uh, limitation is on group plans is that they're integrated with social security so if social security disability income pays you a benefit your group plan benefits may actually be reduced by the amount you get from social security hmm. so these are all important considerations and then finally all disability plans stop around the retirement years your plan may may take you through age 65 or 67, but they stop eventually. So it's not meant for retirement income. Mm -hmm. The other consideration is that they're not transferable if you terminate employment. So all of a sudden, if you're if you're let go for whatever reason, you find yourself unemployed, your disability insurance plan uh, goes away. Can, can an employer let you go if you're on disability? Yes, they can, depending upon the size of the organization. They, they can. Wow. Okay. That, that's a little scary. Yeah. Uh, now, now, you and I have spoken about disability insurance before in the past on, on previous podcasts. I know a little bit about it, but not, not a lot. Can you kind of go over some of the information about purchasing additional disability income insurance? And, and can somebody who has disability through their employer, do they qualify to get outside additional disability income insurance? Someone can apply for individual disability income insurance that integrates with an existing group disability plan, but it's all tailored to the, the, the situation. You really have to take a look at, your, at the total compensation, how much is, is derived through commissions or bonuses, look at the group insurance plan and see what the limitations are there, and to see if you qualify for an individual plan with an insurance company. Hmm. Those that are self-employed or they own their own business, should really take a look at that. If they if they don't offer a group disability plan, they should definitely take a look at 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 buying or purchasing an individual disability policy. They're not inexpensive, but they're just incredibly valuable if you become disabled. Hmm. Think about your your lifetime earned income potential. It, you're you're an important asset, <laughs> and uh, if if you were a machine. Wouldn't you want to purchase insurance on it? You know, we mm -hmm. talked about a warranty. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you want that warranty? Is it a reasonable? Is it a reasonable expense or premium for this kind of insurance? I think that's the question that someone has to ask themselves 
what's reasonable? Is it one, two, or three percent of your of your gross income? Is that a reasonable expense for that kind of coverage? And I will say this that 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 you you may you may not want to insure a hundred percent of your wages. As a matter of fact, no insurance company is going to going to insure you for for your full income because then there wouldn't be any incentive for you to return to work. But consider purchasing enough or have enough coverage that really meets your minimum family expense needs. You can take a look at your situation, look at your assets, your liabilities, your cash flow, and figure how much you really do need. And, and then if premiums are, are an issue, consider reducing the benefits. Increase your deductibles. It, and when it comes to disability insurance, what we, we mean by deductible is, is that you self-insure yourself for the first 90 or 180 days of disability, mm -hmm. you're taking on more of the risk yourself. The disability benefits might not start for 30 days after the elimination period ends. So you gotta have a lot of cash in the bank mm -hmm. to cover those expenses. Premiums are part of the conversation. Individuals can buy it, they can supplement it, but it's really important to understand what you're giving up if you're, if you're trying to limit your costs and limit your benefits. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. You brought up somebody who's self-employed. What if somebody is bringing in, maybe their salary that they're paying themselves is 10000 a month, so 120000 a year, but they know that they have the potential within the next year to increase that to maybe 15000 a month or even 20000 a month. How do you factor that in to disability insurance? Do you, if, if a company's not going to give you 100% of your wages, do you just revisit it after that year or when you are able to increase your own salary? The answer is the insurance company is not going to issue you more benefits right now based upon your future potential income. Mm -hmm. So you can't you can't buy up. <laughs> gotcha. Yep. But what you can do is you can possibly buy a rider or or an additional benefit that would allow you to purchase additional insurance at your attained age in the future. Gotcha. Based upon your increased income. Yeah. I just think that an increase increase in lifestyle like that, we usually increase our obligations, right? If, if my salary doubles, um, I'm probably going to be able to help my grandkids more, um, you know, whether it's college planning or, or whatever, or I'm going to be doing other things within my family or in, within the community. And I wouldn't want to have to stop that per se, if, if something happened. So I, I would want that flexibility. So that's great information. Thank you, Peter. Also over the last like 50 plus podcasts, You've clearly told us, and I've, I've heard this from you, even in our conversations outside the podcast, that contingency planning is a vital part of comprehensive planning. And protecting your income is a really important foundational piece of the conversation that you have. And obviously, disability is a huge piece of that. Right, do you have any other thoughts on this? Yeah, I just want to leave my listeners with this. that, that and, and I hope it doesn't sound judgmental. I, 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 that's not my intention. You know, when when our families are talking about us in, in the future, maybe after we're gone, you know, what will they say about us? Hmm. Will, are they going to say that, you know, our, our loved one, our, our dad or our mom, they took care of us. They, 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 they wanted us to be okay, even if bad things happened. They planned for the worst, even though they hoped for the best. So So doing contingency planning is really an exercise about love. It's mm -hmm. about protecting, loving, and caring 
for for yourself, but also for the for others that might be affected by these unexpected events. So I just want people to think about their decisions or, or uh, about contingency planning and, and disabilities. Part of that is how will how will their decisions today affect others if yeah. something happens? Yeah. And and you know I'm not suggesting that we need to walk around all day long thinking about all the horrible things that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> but it just this is the way my mind works. If I take care of something, if I give I've given it given it some real thought, I, I can I can check that off my list mm -hmm. and I don't have to worry about it. And I know that I've taken care of of myself, I've taken care of my family, I've done what I can do. And that's comforting to me. And I I hope that it's comforting to 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 those around me, my loved ones. Yeah. Well, I mean, you started this conversation off by talking about optimism, right? And I think that exactly how you just closed it, taking care of yourself, taking care of others, making sure things are put in place so that you're reducing stress for everyone around. I think that's very optimistic. I do too, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. I really do. All right, I, I'm I'm hoping the uh, the audience also felt like this was very optimistic, and this is something that they, if they haven't been thinking about, they are now, or maybe they've been thinking about it and they're just kind of toward that edge, going, yeah, this this is a very optimistic thing, and I do want to reduce stress in my own life and and others, uh, and they want to reach out and have this conversation. How do they reach you? Certainly, direct uh, call to my office at six one seven seven two eight seven four three three, or send me an email at. Uh, peter.raskin at lfg.com. Happy to talk about this part of contingency planning. We actually have on our website a worksheet that helps oh, nice. clients just think about contingency planning, not just in this area, but in many other areas of, of, of financial planning. And I would recommend that, that uh, our listeners go to the website at, at raskinplanning.com and they can look at that contingency, contingency planning worksheet. All right. Great resource, Peter. Thank you so much for offering that. And of course, the last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. 
Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.